Hi, this is John Schlitt, and you're listening to People Just Like Me Talk Faith and Life with Joe Taylor on Faith's Edge. What has always been surprising to me is that um, the God I believe in, the personal, the person with whom I have a personal relationship, is always patiently waiting for me when I, um, you know, waiting for me to go through my little, uh, you know, spiral or my little uh, fits of, of doubting and questioning. Thank you, Mr. John Schlitt, for the introduction. John, in fact, has his own Christmas CD out called John Schlitt's Christmas Project that was released last year. Wait until you hear his rendition of Hallelujah Chorus. Uh, it is absolutely fantastic. You can hear my conversation with John at onfaithsedge.com slash 37. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 37. Well, hello. Welcome to the 55th episode of On Faith's Edge. My name is Joe Taylor. Recovering Atheist and Your Servant in Jesus Christ. This is your place to hear conversations with entertainers, authors, artists, and business people about living a life of faith. On today's show, I speak with classically trained vocalist David Britton. We talk about his new Christmas CD aptly named David Britton's Christmas. We talk about his faith in God and some of the high points and low points in living a life of faith as a missionary kid, as he grew up as a missionary kid. We'll hear a sample of the Wexford Carol from David's new CD, and uh, we have just a great conversation with David that's coming up. Last episode, I spoke with singer-songwriter David Liscom. As frontman for House of Peace, David co-wrote the theme song for the feature film The Identical, starring Ashley Judd, Ray Liotta, and Blake Rain, and he is the band's main songwriter. We talked uh, about the time God absolutely wrecked his heart as well as the House of Peace album, Into the Great Unknown. You can hear my conversation with David at onfaithsedge.com slash 54. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 54. I guess that's two uh, two Davids in a row. Last week, David Liscom. This week, uh, David Britton. So you can hear my conversation with David Liscom at onfaithsedge.com slash 54. David Britton is a world-class baritone who began studying classical voice at Westmont College in Santa Barbara, California, where he discovered a love for opera and art song. He continued to refine his voice by studying at the San Francisco Conservatory of Music, where he earned his master's degree in vocal performance. As David should, he touts his appearance at Carnegie Hall in New York as one of the high points in his career. In his new Christmas album, he wraps his incredibly rich pop classical sound with a twist of anthemic rock into and around these timeless holiday classics. Hello, David. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for having me. Uh, we are here to talk about your brand new Christmas project called David Britton Christmas. That's exactly right. It's a pretty <laughs> unique and creative title. As Let's keep it simple. <laughs> it, you, you know, David, yeah. it's funny. You just released a, a, a popular patriotic project, project in July called American Glory. And, That's right. Yeah. And now this Christmas CD, can, can we expect an Easter project too? Uh, yes, yeah, something like that. Yep, there's uh, there's one on the horizon, as they say. There's a storm on the horizon <laughs> called called the storm. No so, kidding, yeah, that should be coming out. Oh, great! Right. Yeah. I was actually kidding. <laughs> I was no, actually joking. Uh, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, I was I was yeah. going to think of something. You know, David Britton sings Labor Day or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it'll be uh, it'll be a, a storm. A project called the storm. Yeah, oh, outstanding, outstanding. outstanding. Yeah. We'll have to have you back on for that. We'll definitely have oh. to have you back on for yeah. that. Seriously, it's it's too bad i wasn't able to get you on for american glory it's a really good project man it's just a just a, a fantastic sound 
But let's talk about David Britton Christmas. Why a uh, why a Christmas project? Uh, I've done a lot of Christmas music over the years, uh, first as a classical singer, and then uh, it just always it was always a, a busy time of year for me as a musician, as a singer, and uh, had a lot of folks asking if, if any of this was available. And so we decided to make it available and um, felt called to, to do a Christmas album and to try to put some fun stuff on it. Nice. So that was really the, the motivation for it. It was just the audience demand, I guess. Do you do a lot of the traditionals? And uh, and a few uh, a few originals as well. That's right. Yeah, a couple originals, and then a lot of the sort of the the, the old classics, the old Holy Nights and such. Uh, but then a couple of the the fireside classics as well, the things that people have grown up with, at least in this country uh, here in America, with you know some of the Bing Crosby style favorites, uh, fireside favorites as we call them. Your music has has traditionally spoken to the Christian market. And this seems to be focused as a as a crossover project. Yeah, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, we uh, we decided that um, a lot of the music here, particularly Christmas music, is is appreciated by you know folks outside the church, inside the church, uh, and so we wanted to put together a project that would fit into that. And uh, and Christmas is a great opportunity to be able to do that and to take what is you know the greatest story ever told, the Christmas story, the greatest miracle that ever occurred. Uh, and and put it together in a package that might appeal to folks that are both inside the church but also uh, outside the church that may not may not regularly attend church, for example. On uh, on David Burton Christmas, you collaborated with multi Grammy and Dove Award nominated producer Billy Smiley, who's worked with right. Whiteheart, Whiteheart, Stephen Curtis Chapman, BB and CC Wyman's. That's some David. That's some pretty solid company right there. <laughs> right there. Yeah. What was it like working with Billy on this? You know, Billy, Billy is great. He's incredibly creative. And uh, one of the challenges as you listen to the songs in the album is that I, I came from a, a kind of an odd background of eclectic styles. I was classically trained as an opera singer, but loved playing drums all through high school and wanted to be able to do a project that blended those two different uh, facts, right? The classical voice with a sort of a driving rock element or a very modern future sound on some of these things. And so Billy was a great collaborator for that. He kind of inspired a lot of what we did. We co-wrote uh, the Whispers song and then uh, arranged everything. The two of us kind of arranged everything on the album. So great guy to collaborate with. In fact, the, uh, the Patriotic album was also with Billy and then the next one coming out, same thing. We just have really hit it off in terms of blending. It's kind of a niche sound, unique sound that, uh, that folks might be drawn to. Yeah. Classically trained. Yes, spent a lot of time uh, singing, you know, in the, doing the formal classical vocal training, and actually sang professional opera for a while. That was my, that was what I did. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Yeah. What was your, uh, uh, what was your s- most significant moment in your in your musical career so far? Well, I think that from an operatic and a classical perspective, being able to debut an opera at Carnegie Hall in New York was actually pretty, that was an astounding moment for me back in the day. Um, those, you know, sort of one of those pinnacle moments, but um, I have to say that just being able to, to understand sort of what the voice is doing and then to layer it on top of sort of progressive rock and those things has also been just a fun, uh, a fun approach that, that is now the sound that I, I'm offering to the market as of about a year, so a year and a half ago or so. We really come back and started to do this style. 
I tell you what, this this Christmas album has such a big, big feel. I, I literally I felt engulfed by the music listening to it. Oh, oh, holy night is breathtaking, and and yeah. your, the original piece whispers. It's I guess I would call it hauntingly strong. It's just a powerful, powerful piece, man. And and I really appreciate that. Thanks, you, you rock out on angels, man. Angels we have heard on high. Yeah, uh, that's a really good tune, man. I like that. What's your favorite piece from the album? Oh man, I have to say that I think Wexford Carol uh, stands out as one of my favorites, um, and the only, and the re- the reason is because the Wexford Carol is actually is the oldest carol still sung in the modern sort of Christmas carol anthology, uh, and it's something that is done often as a purely classical piece. It was written in the 12th century as a classical. You can imagine very you know 12th century music is not terribly hip. But as I've sung it over the years classically, I thought, you know, this thing, there was always something about it that, that lent itself to a nice kind of Celtic rock vibe. And so that's what Billy and I played with. We went in the studio and started to just do a groove and a sort of a, a rock, driving rock piece underneath it. And that's what has come out is this really cool, eclectic sound. And it's been a really popular, particularly in live performance, people often are surprised by it, I think. So it's kind of nice. So that, that stands out as a fav- one of the favorites for me. Hard to pick a favorite, though, frankly. Do you mind if we play uh, Wexford Carol right now? That'd be great. At least just a piece of it. All right. Good people all this Christmas time Consider well and bear in mind What our good God for us has done Sending his beloved Your voice is, your voice and style has been likened to Josh Groban. Uh, how do you feel about that comparison? Hey, listen, Josh Groban hasn't done too badly, so I'll, I'll take <laughs> I'll take that comparison. Now, I think it's a fair assessment because I think he appeals to that that bit of you know a bit of that classical and pop sound. Um, and I think the only, if there is a difference, um, I, I tend to have it even a more a, a slightly deeper sound on the voice. I'm, I'm more of a true, you know, a darker baritone perhaps. And the other thing is that I think we've pushed some of the rock boundaries a little bit more uh, in, in getting some of the, you know, bigger guitar work and drum work than what you might hear on some of Josh, Josh stuff. But hey, that is absolutely a comparison I will latch onto any day. Yeah, it's no. Uh... Uh, it certainly is a certainly is a, a compliment to say the least. Uh, and yeah. your your music does span it spans many different many different styles from classical to rock anthem. Who are your who were some of your influences? Uh, to, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of them. As I said, you know, I, for me in the popular music realm, 
it's guys like Coldplay and U2 and, and, uh, and some of those big band folks, you know, the, I mean, not big band in terms of the style, but those, you know, sort of pop, top chart, pop grand, uh, bands like the rock bands. I also think on the classical side, guys like Pavarotti, who had a, just a clarion voice, had that trumpeting voice sound. It's a great baritone by the name of Thomas Hampson that has also done a great deal of music um, in the German art song genre. Uh, all of these very strange and eclectic styles brought together were all part of my heritage growing up and, and influenced uh, a lot of what I've done, I think, in this style. David paints a beautiful vision for his music. I'll, I'll quote him. In a world that is full of so much turmoil and pain, it is my goal to use music to shed a glimmer of light, to bring comfort to those that grieve, peace to those at war, hope to those that fail, encouragement to those that feel alone, Joy to those in despair. David, I know you said those words, but how do you, how do those words make you feel? Uh, humbled, I think, more than anything. I, one of the things that when I gave up singing opera, one of the reasons, uh, you know, I felt God called me away from that, asked me to step away and put away the music for a while just to get my family in a stable place, took on a day job for a while, and in the last couple of years felt him calling me back into music, but not to do opera. And I think part of the reason for that was that in opera, you're singing someone else's words. You're singing words that are interesting. They're great. They're very beautifully creative. But I've never had folks moved in an opera the way folks are moved when I get to sing the stuff I do now. So I feel that people are, with the lyrics and the things that I get to sing in this genre, this style, uh, it's much more immediate and accessible to folks. And I find that folks that are going through tough times are somehow drawn to the music that, that I'm, that I'm putting out. And I, I have to give all credit to God for doing that. I, I'm just, hopefully I'm just getting out of his way, frankly. That's my, that's my prayer. And my hope is that people will see past me to the one who created this beautiful art form uh, called music and hopefully use my voice to his glory. You talked about your faith uh, just a second ago, and uh, yeah. your, your faith is a theme throughout uh, throughout all of your music and in your career. How did you come to believe in Jesus Christ? Yeah, so I was first of all, I was I was born into somewhat interesting circumstances. My my parents were were Christian missionaries overseas, um, and I was born on a little island overseas on the mission field uh, where they were serving a little island called Bonaire in the South Caribbean. Um, that on its own clearly doesn't make one a Christian, just being born into a Christian family, right? So I, <laughs> right. for me, um, there was actually a very poignant moment when I was a child, probably seven years old or so. She, a, a, a friend of ours, a fellow missionary of ours on the island, actually was killed in a motorcycle accident. And that gave me pause because I wanted to, I wanted to understand more about what happened when someone died. And that's when my folks explained you know, the Bible to explain Christ's coming, Christ's plan of salvation. And that's when I became a Christian. That's when I gave my life to Christ. Now, of course, doesn't mean everything becomes rosy and peachy, as you well know, but um, that has sustained me throughout the course of every crazy endeavor that I've been put through (laughs) in my life over the years, you know? Right. Since becoming a Christian, have you ever doubted your faith or even the existence of God? Sure. I think that I don't know uh, uh, an honest, true believer that hasn't gone through some element of doubt and uh, and questioning. And I think it's healthy. I think we're called to question. I think we're called to 
challenge. And um, what has always been surprising to me is that um, the God I believe in, the personal, the person with whom I have a personal relationship is always patiently waiting for me when I come back. Mm. Um, you know, waiting for me to go through my little, uh, you know, spiral or my little uh, fits of, of doubting and questioning. And in the same way, my kids, my own kids question me all the time, right? And question what I'm doing. Um, they eventually come back and they will come around and see that there's a plan. And it's the same thing with me. And and and, uh, and my God, right? I believe that he is firmly in control of my my every day, my every destiny, He's the author of my life. And that that book is uh, is written. He's not surprised by what happens tomorrow. Um, I just have to be willing to show up and be available for him to do what he has planned. Do you have a uh, particular Bible verse or passage that's most significant to you? Well, uh, Jeremiah, right? 2911. Uh, I know the plans I have for you because I certainly don't know my own plans. Um, that is one of the greatest verses for me. And it's one that, that um, just reaffirms where I am. The fact that someone else has a plan for me. And it's a plan to do me good and not to harm me. Um, that's encouraging to me when I'm at my lowest points. That's what lifts me up. That regardless if my plans crash and burn, which they do because they're human and they're fraught with frailty and, and uh, bad choices oftentimes and other things. He's there with a plan that's a much bigger plan and um, I can rest in that. Gives me peace. Is there uh, is there anything that we can pray for you for David? You know, I think it's just the continuance praying that, that uh, God will continue to not necessarily, I don't need him to show me the entire journey, but just to make sure that I'm, I'm stepping in the right steps as I go, that I, that I be open to what he has me do. You know, as you know, life of an artist is a, can be a challenge and understanding where to go next and who to, you know, how, what to do next. And, and that kind of thing is, is a, is a challenge sometimes. So I always ask for prayer in that regard. You that bet. God will continue to, to use me. You bet. Finally, as we wrap up, David, what would you say to somebody that is right on faith's edge, making that choice to believe or not to believe in God? Yeah. I think we all believe in something. We all believe either in our own abilities. We believe in the chair we sit in every day. We believe that we'll wake up in the morning. The question becomes, what's the object of the faith that you're putting your belief into, right? What is the object? And do you really trust that? Should you really trust that? And for me, the only thing I know to trust is the almighty God, the almighty creator. And so I challenge anybody that's right on that cusp, take that leap and, uh, and discover what it means to, to have a life that um, is backed up by the almighty loving creator of the universe. It's, uh, you can do a lot worse. I don't think we can say anything more than that. We hear in the background again, Wexford Carroll. Uh, from this very exciting new Christmas project, David Britton Christmas. And uh, I'm really excited about this about this album, David. I really am. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. My pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. It's been, been a joy. Merry Christmas, brother. Thank you. You too. David Britton's Christmas is available at Amazon.com and his website is DavidBrittonMusic.com. These links, as well as David's Facebook and Twitter links, can be found in today's show notes at onfaithsedge.com slash 55. That's onfaithsedge.com slash 55. Well, that'll wrap up today's show as we uh, continue to listen to 
Uh, David Britton's The Wexford Carol in the background. Thank you to David Britton for being with us today, and thank you for listening. You mean a lot to me, and you mean a lot to the show. God is real. He loves you, and so do I. God bless. Thank you for listening to On Faith's Edge. You can subscribe to the show via iTunes, Stitcher Internet Radio, or your favorite podcast app on Android, Apple, or Windows devices. To reach out to Joe or leave comments about the show, visit onfaithsedge.com. You're important to us, and we would love to hear from you. Sending here